Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Oh God, you're so good. Let your word just burn in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. You've been standing there in faith. I love, I love God. I love His presence. I love the Holy Spirit because you never know what God's going to do. And often you'll see the beginning of a miracle here. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Other times you'll wake up next morning and it's changed. It's gone. Just keep walking by faith. Matt and Rachel just said to remind all the uh, worship team, tonight, uh, this Thursday night is team night. So when they all get together, if you're interested in being a part of our worship team or our tech team, um, please come along and be trained, equipped and inspired. Today I want to look at the leadership lessons from the life of Joshua. Joshua is one of my favourite characters of the Old Testament because the name Joshua means the Lord saves. So he's actually a picture of Jesus in so many ways. And Joshua is the Hebrew meaning of Jesus in the Greek. And I believe that God wants us to be leaders. We're all leaders in some way because leadership is about influencing others towards a goal. So every parent is a leader, whether you've signed up for it or not. (laughs) You're a leader. That you're having a child or grandchildren, you're a leader. Many of you are leaders in your workplace. You're a boss or a supervisor. And even if you don't have a leadership title or role in a ministry in church, you're a leader because you're influencing others towards good or bad. So I've learned a long time ago, if we're going to influence others, let's do it for the right reason. And let's, have, let's leave a great legacy for the kingdom of God. Joshua 1 verses 5 to 9. I want you to listen as I read these uh, five. There's a couple of key words in here and see if you can find them. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Okay, what are some of the key words in there? Strong, courageous, don't be afraid. Lots of great. Do you know what the major key word is that's used 14 times in that passage that none of you have given me yet? Is you. I will be with you. 14 times God's trying to get Joshua to see himself as the leader that's going to fulfill the task God's given him. 14 times you or your is in those five verses because God just had to reassure confirm, challenge, inspire. Joshua, I've called you to lead these people into the promised land. And God wants to remind you and I that he has called us, equipped us, empowered us. And yes, we need courage. We need all those other things. And we're going to look at those together today. Whenever you pray and you see a need, what does God do? He will raise up a leader or a group of people to answer the cry. He'll raise up a team of carers, 
of uh, people that can uh, teach or train or reach out to broken and lost to feed others. Whenever you pray and cry out, and something often happens when you pray, he says, well, why don't you help? Just like Jesus challenged those disciples. You feed them. They're saying, what do you mean? We're a long way from the nearest Maccas. There's not enough food. And, and uh, he said, you feed them. Often when we pray or see a need, because they saw the need, said, they're getting hungry, send them home. Jesus says, why don't you feed them? And God comes to us when we see a need. We say, how come so many young people in our city are broken? And how come there's so many broken families? He says, why don't you help them? And God starts to stir our hearts, your heart, to be an answer to the prayer. I love seeing prayers answered, but it's even more powerful when you become an answer to someone else's prayer. That's, that's powerful. We become a leader because a leader is influence of helping people. And I believe that God's calling us to be leaders. If you want to lead others, you must learn to lead yourself. This is where we start the journey and where many of us fall at the first hurdle. If you want to be a leader to help others, you need to learn to lead yourself. We need to discipline our mind, our tongue, manage negative emotions, have self-control of desires. One of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And if we don't learn to lead ourselves well, it's very difficult to lead others well. And God, when we become a Christian, start following Him, He starts to work on us. When you become a parent and you have a child, you think, what do I do with this beautiful little bundle? He says, well, I want you to love them and care for them, provide them and lead them, by example. So being a parent, I've, I've watched some young people that have been cruising through life and, and they get married and, and they're just cruising through life. And when they have a child, all of a sudden something shifts and switches. That young man all of a sudden grows up and becomes a leader of responsibility just all of a sudden shifts them. I've watched people and Christians, they can be serving, just loving God for months or years and then they join up and sign up and join up on a team or they start helping lead in our kids' ministry or in a life group and all of a sudden their whole way they talk, the way they think, the way they look after their lives and their mind and their heart all of a sudden shifts because now they've got the healthy pressure of leadership on their heart and shoulders. And I call it the healthy pressure of leadership. Some people run from it. Some of you sitting here, God's been stirring you for months or years to get involved on a team or to serve in an area of our church. And you're saying, oh, if I do that, I'm going to have to make a few sacrifices. I'm going to have to make a few changes in my life. I'm going to have to reach out and can include others in my world more. Yes, yes, yes. But it's the healthy pressure of leadership that makes, but the joy of serving and having fulfillment is so exciting. I just love God and I love serving. I love people. I never set out to become a pastor of a growing church of hundreds of people. I just served in the local church. My mum and dad taught me to be faithful. We went and mowed the grass and we helped set out the chairs and we, we helped do this and bring people. We did whatever we could for years. And I thank God that they taught me, just serve with what you've got and then God will trust you with more. And that's what's happened with it, Mary Lynn and myself, over many years. We've just been willing to keep serving and God will often increase your sphere of influence. So number one, keys of leadership from the life of Joshua. Number one, know who you are and realize that God wants to use you. He is and he wants to keep using you. And we've all got lots of excuses. We're too young, we're too old, we're too this or we're too that. I just think, well, God doesn't look, listen to excuses very well. He really sorted out Moses' excuses real quick. Quick, He says, just, just, I'll be with you. That's all he told him. I'll be with you. 
So let's get rid of the excuse and, and let's do what God's called us to do. Uh, Proverbs 17.27 says, He who has acknowledged restrains and is careful with his words. And a man of understanding and wisdom has a cool spirit, self-control and even temper. Wow. So learning to lead yourself is the hardest thing in the world. But the better you get at that, the more God's going to trust you because he knows you're not going to do dumb or crazy or selfish things when you are helping lead and influence others. And sometimes God will zero down. He'll zero down on your thinking. He'll zero down on your attitudes or controlling your appetites or desires in a wholesome way. Zeroing down on the words you say and how you speak about yourself and others. Negative critical stuff. He zeroes in on it because he says, I want you to be a good influence and get self-control. And the good news is the Holy Spirit's there to help us. Number two, you want to be a good leader out of lessons from Joshua's life, have a clear vision from God. Verse 6 says, you will lead these people to inherit the land. It was very clear. Remember they'd wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Joshua and Caleb were the only two of their generation that survived 40 years. I am amazed at Joshua and Caleb. They're two of my great heroes they, watched all the, they went to thousands of funerals for 40 years, all their mates, all their contemporaries, and they kept their vision strong over 40 years. Some of us give up after a month or six months or 12 months or a decade. They just kept on going. And God says, okay, I can trust you and you. Let's go. Let's go. And there's something about trusting God, not giving up, but being faithful and serving along the journey um, of our lives. You say, well, I'm not really a leader. We are leaders by influence. We get on teams and we serve together. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish or wander aimlessly. Write down vision. That's as leaders of church. We write down our vision. We clearly uh, describe who we are, our DNA. Bayside Christian Church, Bayside, we're Bible-believing. We're always generous. We're yes to the Holy Spirit. We serve. We're inclusive. All ages, all nationalities, all backgrounds. D for discipleship and E for evangelism. That's our basic who we are and it helps create a, a family, a parameter of how we function and how we work. And I thank God for that. Number three, if you want to be a leader, build a great team. You can't achieve great vision and goals on your own. <clears throat> you need a great team or various teams to work together. And I thank God for our church that's just got so many teams. And I thank God for so many here that serve. We've got lots of people that serve on our frontline teams, on rosters, on once a month. We've got people serving in our kids' church and in our uh, life groups and on our worship teams and on the morning tea roster and visitation and admin and, and care and follow through. And many of you are serving on teams in our city in their volunteer capacity and, and serving in your workplace. Thank God for people who serve in teams. I'd like just to take a moment to honour all those who serve in leadership or volunteering in our church. You're, you're a volunteer or leader on, one, on many teams. You serve in life groups or worship. Everyone who serves on a team, just stand up quickly. I want to just honour you. You're a leader or serving in one of these areas. Please stand. Yeah, in our young at hearts also. Let's give them a huge big thank you. Thank you for serving. Now, it doesn't mean the others aren't serving you're serving capacities and some of you are going to end up joining teams thank you you'll end up joining in teams and and maybe you're new in your church saying i'd love to get connected there's something being a part of a team isn't it it moves from the church to our church there's a sense of ownership and belonging 
So build great teams. Bill Hybels, in Courageous Leadership book that we're using in our, as a uh, reference book for our Bible college on Thursday nights where we're doing uh, Christian leadership, he says there's three key qualities for a leader. Number one is character. Character means your integrity, your, the way you lead yourself, that you're honest and, and there's so many things. You follow through on your word. Character. Number two is competence. Competence is your skills or your capacity. You know, we're not going to put someone up here playing the drums that's never played the drums before. That would be chaos. And we're not going to put someone up here to worship lead that can't string three notes together and doesn't know that they're not in order, you know? And so, well, God gives us different skills. And so we work with those. And, and competence can be trained, developed, matured by having a go and being trained and mentored and being part of a team. And we want to strengthen that more and more. And the third thing is chemistry. Three C's. Character, competence, and chemistry. What do I mean by chemistry? We're not going back to the uh, our school uh, laboratory. Chemistry is about flowing together. Chemistry is where there's, there's an excitement in the team together. And you get on. You still laugh at the leader's jokes. You still enjoy hanging out together. You love having meals together, encouraging one another. And if someone's down, you get beside them and say, hey, we can do this together. And, and so there's an enjoyment of flowing. And those in business, you know how awesome it is. You can have the most competent, skilled people. But if there's not a chemistry in the team, it's chaos. There's division. There's heartache. There's some people are taking advantage of others. But when there's chemistry, there's a relationship of trust. It's fun. You enjoy. You work. You grow. You excel together. And if you don't have chemistry in a team, you've got to find out what's, not, what's causing the blockage and see if it can be sorted. And occasionally, it might mean you're just on the wrong team. You need to get into a place where there is chemistry. And God sometimes shifts and plants us or trusts. And I thank God for the team that we have here on our board and our pastoral leadership team. We're friends. We get on together and we work hard. We don't always agree, but we work through it because we've got chemistry and trust and relationship. And that's powerful to build, and it's something that we need to grow in. So out of those three, competence, the one in the middle, is the one that can be trained. Character is a God work, and character develops often in the early stages of your life or the early stages of your Christian life. So in those first two or three years as a Christian is where often a lot of God will really work on your character to uh, sort some things out and get Bible truth and Holy Spirit dynamic. When you're a, a young person, that's where a lot of your characters develop by the time you get into your teens. Doesn't mean you can't develop it after that, but it's harder. The older you get, the harder it is to change. Anyone found that? You just find it harder and harder to change. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You can, but it's just a lot more hard, a lot harder. And, and, uh, and some people get very old in their thinking by the time they're 25. They get so set in their ways, they're just not able to change anymore. Keep a teachable heart. Keep growing, learning together. Number four, lessons from uh, Joshua is be strong. Three times it says be strong and courageous. So we need strength. Be, the Amplified says be strong and confident and courageous. Confidence is sometimes the missing links. link. Some people have got incredible um, ability but they don't think they can do it. They don't think they can lead. They've lost confidence. 
And whenever you lose confidence, you're not going to lead, you're not going to have courage to step up and take responsibility. Sometimes the missing link is getting confidence. And that comes through encouragement, through support, by people believing in you, by the Spirit of God, touching you by the Word of God. That's why he came to Joshua 14 times and says, you are called to lead these people. And God's saying the same to many of us. You can do it. You can lead that business. You can, you can lead that doctor's surgery. You can lead your family in the ways of God. Don't pull back. The enemy will try and rob your confidence, but the Lord says, be strong and confident. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Last Sunday I preached on that. When we think of strongholds, we often think of the negative ones about pulling down strongholds in people's minds or hearts of unbelief or fear or pain. But God says, I want to be the stronghold, the positive strength of your life, and that will hold you strong. So be courageous. You need lots of courage because often in leadership you have never been this way before. In about chapter 2 or 3, I think it's chapter 3, God told Joshua, get the people ready, in three days we're going. And he says, you've never been this way before, so inspire them. And leadership is about inspiring people because we're all going new steps. That's why the oldest child in every family is always breaking new ground in that family. So there's special reward if you're the oldest child. You've broken through and you've probably had more bumps and bruises along the way. It gives you extra grace. Often the oldest child is a, is a, a, a robust type uh, person. And uh, in breaking through in ministry and leadership, it takes courage. There'll be opposition. Not everyone's going to agree with your dream or vision. And, and we need to handle the pressures of leadership. And uh, in Joshua 1, 16 to 18, it says, Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Whatever you send us, wherever you send us, we will go. Just as you have fully obeyed Moses, so will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. These people, they said, we've wandered for 40 years in the desert. We're not going to miss out this time. If anyone doesn't agree with your leadership, Joshua, we'll kill them ourselves. That sounds pretty strong, but that's how desperate they were because they knew the destructive power of murmuring, criticism, negativity, saying we can't do that. If God's in it and the, the leadership is saying it, we need to get on board and if we don't quite understand, ask some questions so we can get on board and pray until God gets us heading together. Doesn't mean you don't ask questions to clarify, but they were sick and tired of being held out of God's promise because of murmuring and negativity and fear. And God's saying, let's move forward. It might stretch, it mightn't be your personal preference, but with God leading us, we will see his provision and breakthrough and overflow. And we're in the process of uh, rolling out a whole uh, leadership pathway of levels of leadership, and we'll be doing that in these coming weeks. And uh, it's an exciting adventure. We're doing stuff behind this so we can equip, mentor, disciple, help people to grow and expand in all areas of life and church and leadership into our community. It's awesome. Be a good follower if you want to be a great leader. Joshua served and followed Moses for 40 years. That's a long apprenticeship. Mate, most of us would have given up a long time ago. Moses was his leader, mentor, example for those 40 years. I've learned in leadership, if you respect authority and be teachable, God can keep using you. 
The enemy will try and every now and then get you tripped up, offended, upset with leadership or people in authority and because he's trying to rob and steal because the devil's issue was authority. He says, I'll be like God. And so the enemy will try and press points in us and many of us have been down that track and you've seen how dangerous that is. And um, Joshua knew the, of um, submission to authority. Remember when they first came out of the, uh, Egypt? The Amalekites attacked them. Joshua's out there leading the army. Moses up on the hill with his arms up. But whenever he had his hands, uh, arms up declaring the authority and victory of God, they won. When he got tired and his arms dropped, they started to lose on the battlefield. So Aaron and Hur, the priests, came up and held up Moses' arms and, so that they could all win the victory. That's a principle of authority and leadership and prayer and supporting one another. Very, very, very powerful and how awesome it is. Two other things quickly. Joshua loved the presence of God. Verse 5, it says, God will never leave us or forsake us. Exodus 33, 12, it says, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up that, this people, but you have never let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I've found favor in your sight, let me know your way so I might know you. Become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you. Recognize in understanding your ways more clearly that I may find grace and favor in your sight. And consider also that this nation is your people. Moses said, oh, by the way, they're your people, God. <laughs> he was struggling to know how they're going to go. And the Lord said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest by bringing you and the people into the promised land. And Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with me, do not lead us up from here. For how can it be known that your people and I have found favor in your sight? Is it not by your going with us so that we will find rest by bringing you and the people into the promised land? And Moses said, if your presence does not go with me, do not lead us up from here. For how then can we know that your people and I have found favor in your sight? Is it not by your going that we, your presence, that we are distinguished? God's presence doesn't make you better. It just makes you different because he's within us. And as a church, we're carriers of his presence. In our community, we're carriers of his presence. And remember when God used to show up and speak to Moses, he'd come out of the tent, his face glowing. They have to put a a veil over him because it, it used to scare the people and they whoa God's here and there's a couple of times it says but Joshua stayed in the tent in the presence of God as long as he could because he just loved God's presence let me tell you if you learn to love the presence of God while we're in worship in prayer and devotions in the word of God in you will grow in understanding of God's ways that's one of the reasons God kept stirring my heart because we just Mary and I we just love the presence of God I remember as a teenager, 18, 19, 20, quite often on a Sunday afternoon, we'd have church, have some lunch. I'd grab my guitar, I could play my six chords and I'd just go out and worship and I'd find a quiet spot beside a waterfall down the beach and often for an hour or two or three I'd worship and pray and just read the Word. For several years I did that nearly every week because I had such a hunger for the presence of God. And I wasn't better than others, but I just loved his presence. And God said, hey, I reckon I can trust you with a bit. So he started to push me into leadership. There's something happens when you love his presence. When you trust him, God just comes. And he says, I can trust your heart. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you some ideas that makes your business prosper and flourish. I'm going to help sort out the impossible things in your family because you love my presence.
Don't get too busy for the presence of God. Don't get too distracted for moments and seasons in His presence. And lastly, be led by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. In that scripture, it says, Know my Word. Follow it. Be led by my Spirit. I love Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So today we learn from Joshua how to move from a promise and a prophecy to potential to possession. He's a forerunner of Jesus. I encourage you to read the book of Joshua. Every time I do, I get so inspired. Be strong and courageous. What's God placed you in leadership of influence in your workplace, in your career, in your profession, in your family, in our church? I believe God's calling many more of us to step up and serve in leadership. We need more people on our frontline teams. We need more people to, to help in serving and following up new Christians and, and all sorts of areas, visiting people in hospital and administration. And I just thank God for so many amazing people. You say, well, I'm so busy. We're all busy, but I've found there's a niche and a spot. And usually the thing you get frustrated with is an area that God's wanting to pray into and maybe offer to help serve in. It's amazing because that's what you're thinking about. Isn't God good? The administrator says, why doesn't someone get this organized? And God said, well, why don't you go and help? No, it's easy to just complain instead of actually getting in and doing it. <laughs> We're crazy. Why doesn't someone help that poor person? Well, maybe God's showing them to you to help them. And together we see his kingdom grow. Let's stand in his presence. Thanks, team. There's eight leadership skills. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed or intimidated. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Who's He calling? Us, you and I. And that's what He's called us to be leaders in family and community. God's raising up a great team of leaders. And if you're saying, I'm not sure where I can help, come and talk to one of the pastors. Fill out that card in your thing and say, I'd like to consider some training or helping. This uh, Wednesday night, we're having training for all those who are on frontline teams. And, and Thursday night's our uh, worship team, team night. There's places. There's, uh, if you're interested in kids or youth, talk to appropriate leaders or life groups. There's all sorts of ways we can serve in and through our church and into our community. Oh, Lord, you're so good. Let's sing this song and just close our eyes for a moment. I want you to think about what has God called you to do? Are you being strong and courageous and f running with it? Or are you struggling with fear? There are seasons that it doesn't fit. But there's some God saying, hey, why don't you just offer to be involved and help and serve? Because the Spirit of God's calling us. Let's sing this beautiful song and just let your heart say yes to the Holy Spirit. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.